Hey guys, welcome back to WAG Station. I am your host, Talia Luvera. Today was really special. We sat down and spoke with Billy Hochman. He is the current vice president of nutrition and communications over at Green Juju. Green Juju is one of our favorite brands. They are whole food based, super clean, transparent, um, sustainably sourced, human grade, the list goes on. If you haven't checked them out before, they're amazing. Obviously we carry them at the store. They just came out with new freeze dried food that we love. It's limited ingredient. Um, but yeah, Billy is a, he's a big wig in the, in the pet community. We are really excited to have him on. Um, if you're in the pet world, you know how special it is to have Billy in your store or to be able to talk with him. He's really passionate, uh, but also like just super humble. He is a very humble, like cool dude, like dudes, like super down to earth. So it was really nice to talk with him today. I was very appreciative that he sat down with us and not only that, we talk about so many important points in the show. Of course, we talk about green juju, but just um, nutrition in general and how you can do better for your dog and their their bowl and how to add, um, you know, just more nutrients to, to their diet and how important that is to longevity. And we are also super excited. Mark your calendars. Billy will be coming by in, in about a week or so, Tuesday, September 12th. If you're local, he's coming by our shop, Wag Nation in Newport, Rhode Island at 6 p.m. Again, that's September 12th, which is a Tuesday. He'll be coming around for about an hour or so. Um, also with uh, another Green Juju rep, Jeff uh, DeRay. We're really excited to have. We met Jeff and his wife, Krista. They actually, um, Jeff not only works for Green Juju, but him and his wife own a store out in Illinois, um, the Pug and Hound Apothecary. So we met them at the shows and kind of networked with them. They're super great people doing um, something similar as to what we do in our shop in Newport over there in Illinois. So we're excited to have Jeff come and then Billy will speak that night and be able to answer questions, um, talk to our customers, do a meet and greet. Obviously he'll be sampling some green juju. So we are honored to have him in Newport. Um, we're honored to host them for the day. And stay tuned for some more stuff coming up um, next year. Little teaser alert. But yeah, I know you guys are going to really love this. You're going to love Billy. You're going to love this conversation. I hope to have him, have him on again soon. And happy listening, of course. And don't forget to rate and review the podcast and whatever app you're using. It does help quite a bit. And we appreciate the love and support. See you guys next time. Hey guys, welcome back to Wag Station. Uh, very excited for this episode today. We have with us Billy Hochman. He, he's a big deal in the pet world. If you don't know him, you're going to know about him shortly. We're very excited to have him with, um, have us have him here with us today. Billy, thank you so much. Uh, I know you're a busy man, so I appreciate you being with us today. Thank you so much. Of course, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Now, can you tell us, for people that don't know of you, um, I know you work for Green Juju now, but can you tell us about your history, how you got involved in the pet world, and kind of like what you're up to now? Yeah, totally. So I was, um, you know, a kid in 2006 working at a doggy daycare that really wanted to have a dog that turned out to be, you know, my, to be my favorite dog forever. And I really saved my life and I wanted to figure out how to help take care of that dog. And, um, you know, I'm 100% self-taught and I've worked my way up to 
I'm sort of the the second head on the on the two headed monster that runs the company. So yeah. <laughs> the, other, the other person is Kelly Marion, um, who is the owner and founder, and it's been a really great opportunity for me to to be able to to come here and support her vision. But I would say, you know, for those out there listening, you know, for me, it's like I am proof positive that the information you're seeking is there. And you don't, there's no wall that it's hiding behind if you get a certain degree or whatever you're trying to do, you can find that information and, and do whatever you want with it. And so lucky for me, I was just obsessed enough with animal nutrition and, and human nutrition and all that kind of stuff that um, I feel very fortunate to develop pet products and, you know, put them out on the market and, and see all of the great health outcomes from those things. Yeah. Absolutely. And I feel like I'm sure you would probably would agree. I feel like a lot of people get started in this in this world and the, the pet industry, especially like the natural side, because you're looking for answers and you want to do better by your pet and you know like something's going on, but you're not exactly sure. So you kinda like you do, you dive you dive down a rabbit hole and I think a lot of us end up staying down there and finding answers and enjoying it and wanting to do better, not just for your pet, but for all the other pets out there that for people that don't really know, they don't, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And you, when you start researching, you know, your eyes kind of are open quite a bit. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and, you know, the main goal that I have for my career in general is there's no one who can tell you feed this or feed that, and you get this guaranteed outcome. But what I'm trying to do is increase the probability that your dog or cat won't deal with, a health issue and we'll, we'll be able to live, you know, it's, it's really great, you know, to focus on quantity when it comes to lifespan. That's great. We all want our dogs to live forever, but we also, I think need to focus more on uh, quality. And that is if your dog is, lives to be 15, if your dog lives to be 12, if whatever the age they live to be in is, let's get them to be as healthy as possible to enjoy their life as much as possible. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I'm always talking about that too. I think, you know, we forget about the quality of things, not just about like excess or more, but yeah, like so many years, like what was that quality like within those years, you know, um, until, you know, the end point. So that is definitely an, an important point to keep in mind, especially I think in the natural world too, because we talk about that a lot. Someone's like, well, my dog lived, you know, X amount of years on this food that you guys don't necessarily like, you know, recommend, but I'm like, but how was like, how were those years? Right. Were they, th were they thriving? Like you talk about like, not just living, but thriving. Um, it's another um, point I like to bring up with our customers as well. When we're talking to them about feeding or if they're on the fence um, about trying to get them maybe to switch over from something, from something that isn't maybe the highest quality. Um, those are just important things. I think you have to keep in mind as you're kind of navigating all of this. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, there's a lot of people that kind of get used to dogs having issues. They'll be like, oh, yeah. yeah, my dog's seven. He's totally fine. I mean, he gets a few ear infections a year. He's got a little bit of a limp, you know, he, he needs a joint supplement, et cetera. And you go through this long list of things. And those are the things that you're targeting and saying, no, you know, your dog could not be dealing with a lot of those things. You know, if you just made some small or incremental changes or some big changes or, um, but for me, it's kind of like once you have the information, you know, we have a real responsibility to make their lives better because we've done this to them. And what I mean by that is we domesticated them. We yeah. made <laughs> them actually crave human attention and want to be around us and love us. And so since we've done that, it is really our responsibility to uh, feed them correctly and provide them with, you know, the ability for them to feel like they're, you know, complete. And so that's what we're yeah. doing.
Absolutely. And I, we talked about this on another episode the other day about advocating for your dogs. And it, it has become the norm. Like they have all these ailments and you're just going to the vet on and off and you're like, you just go through the motions. But it's important that we do advocate and that we are empowered to become an advocate because they can't, they can't speak. They can't always tell us what's going on. And it's important that we're able to do that for them and know that you, you have the right to, to do that for them too. Cause people, I think yeah. they shy away from it. Um, and I know actually, I know that you go to AFCO meetings and you know, you're in the thick of a lot of that um, and involved in a lot of those procedures. And for people that don't know, um, I've talked about AFCO on another episode, um, one of the first ones we ever did, but it stands for the Association of American Feed Control Officials. Um, that could be like a like four other episodes just by itself talking about AFCO. But can you talk about that a little bit for people that don't probably understand like the meetings and kind of like all the processes they have? Yeah, so basically AFCO is a regulatory body or a suggestive body that has no regulatory power. So, But what happens is most of the states adopt their suggestions as their state law. So that's where, so there's a misconception there that like people are like, well, if AFCO doesn't make any sense in a lot of ways, why don't you just not do it? Well, you can't because if a state makes a law that the, that AFCO is their law, then you have to be AFCO compliant or else you can't sell in that state. And that just happens to be most states. Yeah. Um, and we deal with all sorts of issues with that in terms of registering in every state. And because the problem is, yes, all these states adopt a particular, it's called the official publication. And that official publication is um, this big book. And that's where the rules are. But they all interpret them slightly differently because they're all interpreting this because what happens is they're all interpreting the same document, but we get different rules, even from the same book from different states. And so that's where it becomes very, very hard. And the other part too is the people who make the suggestions are committees and the committees are made up of FDA, um, Department of Ag officials, and then lobbying groups and lobbying groups make up you know, a good, good part of those. And the lobbying groups might be like PFI, Pet Food International, which is, you know, a lot of the big manufacturers like that, you know, you wouldn't have in your store. Yeah. So they're essentially <laughs> making their own laws and they're making the laws better for companies that don't say do what we do, you know, and make quality products. They're making it better for people that want to put a bunch of corn in the food, you know, feed grade corn and, and things like that. So it's a very interesting experience in general and it's a little bit like high school for us there's a little there's a little bit of a there's some holistic people there and we kind of sit in our area yeah and people, people <laughs> glare at us and they won't you know talk to us etc although i will say you know there there's definitely some some uh some nicer people that i've dealt with who are really helpful shout out to dave from pennsylvania uh my home state uh he's, oh nice he, he's a good guy and so you know i I, I would like to reach a more consensus point where we're say, where we can, you know, just get more dialogue with these people and say, hey, look, we're all trying to, to do this, but we're doing it in different ways. So let's just make it, you know, a fair playing field. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know there's we talk about those a lot when like a lot of the conferences that we all go to um, the holistic ones. I know we've talked about a lot. Um the first time I heard you talk about was when I um, saw you in Albany a couple of years ago um, for the Healthy Dog Expo. 
And um, I know you talked about it, AFCO, and then Susan Dixon obviously is a huge advocate and she goes to the AFCO meetings. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's hard because, you know, you don't want to obviously go in there like guns blazing and like deter people from listening. But, you know, again, it goes back then to advocating. And I think it's important that we, that everyone kind of gets more involved in the natural world because I think there's a power in numbers. Um, but I agree with you. I think some people go into these situations and, you know, you want to get on your soapbox and you want to talk about certain things, but it's almost like a balance. Like you want to go in there with, you know, you, you want to stand your ground, but I think, I mean, I, I feel like it's going in a better direction. Would you agree? Like, I know there's like, it's small, but it seems like, you know, they're starting to listen. I know, you know, maybe slowly, but surely. <laughs> what are your thoughts yeah, on that? I think so. Um, you know, they did just do something recently, which is, I think it'll have some really great benefits, which is, so normally if you want an ingredient in pet food added to that list, cause you can't use it if it's not, you know, in food. So normally if you want an ingredient added, there's a long process to getting that added in there, but they did just create, for instance, a um, common food list that you can apply to get things on. Like the example they used was kiwi um, because kiwi is not in the OP currently, but clearly there's no detriment to feeding because they're really looking to see, is this product safe? They, did, they yeah. They're not concerned as much about the nutrition of it. They don't go like, oh, is this healthy in terms of vitamin content, et cetera. They're looking to see if it's just safe and non-poisonous. And so now we can apply to get foods on there much quicker. I'm not sure exactly what that application process is going to look like, but that will be exciting, I think, for being able to get some more stuff in food because the the when it comes to food in general, a lot of people don't know we're actually somewhat limited on what we can put in and how we can label things and in that aspect of it. Yeah. I, well, I think that's, like I said, I mean, this is, it's a small piece of the puzzle, but, you know, we want to hopefully keep progressing and moving forward. So, you know, I think it's, again, I think it's powerful the guy, the things you guys are doing and uh, going there again, advocating for pets, advocating for better ingredients, better quality and nutrition in general. So like, let's cross our fingers that it keeps going in the right direction. <laughs> Well, and I should mention too, I'm there probably more in like a listening phase because yeah. it really has to do with my job in terms of when we do labels on products, what we can formulate with, et cetera. But, you know, I would encourage people listening to, you know, if you follow like Susan Thixton at Truth About Pet Food, um, she's doing some great work in really, you know, holding people accountable and advocating yes. for consumers. So that's definitely a really great, you know, um, she won't leave the hotel to eat, but she will, she does do great work. So she won't, she, she always says that I make her walk too far to go to good restaurants. So, Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. She's fun. No, um, she is not shy. And again, she's a, she's a great advocate. So yeah, definitely check her out if you want to learn more about AFCO and what you can do to get involved. Um, but I think this is a good segue to like more nutrition stuff. And I know you've gotten more involved in, you know, talking to customers, going to stores and doing like Q and A's and like, what is your first step when you're trying to talk to someone about not just even green juju, but other like nutritional benefits from other, you know, but be you know, better foods, what, what kind of conversations and how do you start that with people that maybe don't, they don't know yet. They they're in maybe like the first phase of learning. Sure. Well, I mean, I'm kind of in a reverse scenario because when I do, um, 
Q and A's, it's more kind of people asking me the questions, I would say, yeah. you know, and doing <laughs> that. But, you know, you know, I think, uh, I think when, when you're trying to relate to maybe like the, the person who's just stepping into a world of, you know, you're trying to get away from that paradigm of there is food for dogs and this is the thing that they eat. Um, because they do that for farm animals. Um, you know, this is cow food. This is, but we know that's not even true. And that's not even the way to go. This is chicken feed, but chickens yeah. obviously eat many other things. And so I think we're learning more and more about that. And so, you know, when I, when I, when stores ask me questions like that, I, I say, number one, it's the thing you talk about is the thing you're going to sell the most, I feel like. And then number two, just kind of relating like all mammals, except if they were like some a koala bear or something like that need more than one food source. Like they need variety of nutrients. They need. Yes. 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 So why wouldn't you just add in a simple thing? Um, say like, uh, um, what's what I'm looking for? Say, you know, just greens or Bailey's blend or some of our raw goat's milk or something like that. If, if nothing else, just because, you know, everyone who makes pet food is human. And so, number one so saying a food is complete and balanced well maybe it is sometimes maybe it isn't and also the other part too behind that is most people don't understand that that nutrient testing is not what it's made out to be um there was a in the afco lab group uh they were saying that the average um nutrient test uh the margin of error is 20 to 50 percent for an, any given nutrient so that's huge. Yeah. So the idea that, you know, I know there's a lot of people on the internet that think like if they add in this amount of squash, their dog will be getting this amount of this nutrient, but it's just simply not true because A, we don't know, we're, we don't have a great test for it. And then there's other foods like vitamin D and some other ones where the testing really isn't good just in general in the first place. Yeah. So, and, and to add something to that note, which I think is interesting, um, I was at a nutrition conference like 10 years ago and they took a piece of liver and sent it to three different labs and got completely different results. Oh yeah. That's fascinating. So, <laughs> yeah. So the, the whole point of that is, you know, when we formulated green juju's freeze dried food, we formulated it to meet a nutrition protocol to be complete and balanced. But, when if we test it, we're getting different nutrient values every time you do say a test on it a couple times a year, or whatever you want to do as a company. Um, and number one, of course, because even if you take like our treats, for example, this is a huge tangent. But even if you take no, uh, go go go. <laughs> even if you take our treats, for example, um, bison green, which majority of the calories are coming from bison heart and bison liver you are going to get different protein variants, different fat, different vitamins, different copper content, whatever, whatever you're looking at, because the animal ate different, it's different animals. They ate different things. You know, that animal likes yeah, grass more than uh, the other one. So you, you're getting that anyway. And that's even if you can trust them because there's that margin of error and, and how they're testing it in that aspect of it. So it's really just difficult. So for me, it's like, explaining to someone like, because of our limitations, you should be adding really healthy foods like goat milk, you know, like uh, veggie blends, all that kind of stuff, because 
the best chance you really have is, and this is the same in human nutrition, is to feed nutrient-dense foods and let your body break down the naturally existing vitamins. You know, it's the same reason I mm -hmm. drink raw milk and take cod liver oil and do all that kind yeah. of stuff on my side, you know, so. Yeah. And I talk, again, I talk about this maybe almost in every episode. I talk about like the parallels between like humans and like, you know, our pets, um, specifically like dogs and cats, they're not all the same, but there are a lot of parallels. And I think one of the basic ones is, you know, feed real foods, like nutri nutritious foods, like whole foods, like think about it in that aspect then and try to get away from process. If you can do nothing else, like try to limit how much process items you're, I mean, you're getting too, but also yeah. definitely your pets. And it does help. I mean, there, I feel like I've seen study over study ones that I trust saying, you know, even if you just take out, take away what they say, like 20% of a processed diet and add in fresh, whatever you, whatever you can get your hands on. We all have different budgets. We're in different areas, right? Um, it does, it does help and you can see improvements. So I encourage people all the time. And I'm sure you do too. Like, even if you can only do maybe a portion of the meal or maybe even just a couple of times a week, like, don't, don't be shy. Like, go ahead and do it, do what you can. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'll give you an example of that, actually. And that's a very, you know, I've seen the 20% as well. And that's an interesting concept. So um, if you wanted to do, so let's say you were me, and my dog's name is Huckleberry, and he gets about <laughs> 260 calories per day. He's a French bulldog. He's a larger French bulldog. He's 28 pounds, and he's very fit. Yeah. Um, if he wasn't fit, that would be kind of ridiculous. Um, <laughs> So he gets 260 calories per meal. So if I, if I was saying, oh, I want to go by this 20% rule, you're talking about calories. So let's say I wanted to do goat's milk. So 20% um, of 260 is 52. And then I'm dividing that by 20. That's 2.6 ounces of goat's milk. So I could give him 2.6 ounces of goat's milk per meal, reduce the food by 20%. And then I would be making a, a hugely significant difference in his health. And then on top of that, now I could add a, cause that would give me all those wonderful probiotics, mm -hmm. um, on top of every, every discovered vitamin and mineral and nutrient substance and enzymes, but you get all those wonderful, you know, 200 species of probiotics. And then I could add say just greens, which is basically, you don't have to count the calories because it's very low in calories. Yeah. It's very high in fiber to feed those probiotics and antioxidants and vitamins and minerals. So now I've taken a dog that feed eats processed food and now I can feed just with that small change, getting those two superfoods into his diet. Um, you know, he could be much, much healthier and again, reduce that probability that he'll be dealing with, you know, those health issues when he hits middle age. Yeah, that's a great example. And again, I feel like you, I remember you talking a lot about this um, when we were back in Albany a couple of years ago. I also remember you talking about eggs, right? That, that You had a presentation and you talk about eggs too. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I feel like people underestimate the egg, but I feel like it is so powerful. Yeah, I talk about eggs a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I eat a lot of eggs. And um, Yeah, ditto. Yeah. Just in general. Uh, so eggs are reproductive food just like milk um, and eggs have virtually everything that's been discovered in nutrition as well. Eggs are the single most healthy food for especially like people on a budget. Even if you buy really mm -hmm. nice eggs, like if you buy the eggs, you should like pasteurized eggs that are, you know, nice and orange and the yes. chickens are actually rotated to fresh grass and, and that aspect of things. They're still cheap for what they can give you. So a good example yeah. of that would be, you know, if you look at a conventionally raised egg on an, on just an egg um, 
on like the nutrition label, it'll tell you it has about 6% of vitamin D, which would be decent anyway, because vitamin D is such a hard food to come by. But what, you know, what they don't put on labels is that the average pasture raised egg has six times that. So that's 36 times, or that's 36% of your vitamin D. So when I eat my three raw egg yolks every morning, I get basically a hundred percent of my vitamin D. Okay. Raw. Like, okay. I like yeah, it. There, <laughs> there you go. And so, you know, or if you eat your th three scrambled eggs or, you know, you're not like a total weirdo like me. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's one of those things where this is where you can build a diet for your dog or yourself um, that through foods itself. And, and then it's not just about, it's about all of those vitamins, minerals, those antioxidants going up when you feed the pasture-raised version. But, you, but the nice thing is you're not just talking about vitamin D because vitamin D in and of itself um, is something you need, but it's often paired with all of those other fat-soluble vitamins like vitamin E, like vitamin uh, retinol, vitamin A, vitamin K2, which, you know, is found in very few foods at all. Yeah. And so to get these things into your dog's diet in a non-synthetic form, this is really, and that is by and large, the easiest way. So an egg has 70 calories. And then here, I'll do another little uh, math thing. Some math, this math is, time. Yeah. <laughs> this is how I feed my dogs. So this is why it's so fresh. Like if I, I, I add variety through things I have in my fridge, like yes. I feed green jujus food and, and then do that, but I don't want to do like a prep day and all that stuff. Plus I make food that like is sold in stores. So why wouldn't I use that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm actually, I think, our new freeze dried food is the thing I'm most proud of uh, yes. I've ever done. So I'm very yeah. excited to, to, to feed it generally. But so he gets 260 calories. Let's say I, I was feeding him green juju food. I'm feeding him pork right now. And I was like, you know, I want to add some variety today. And so I'm going to add an egg. All I'd have to do is subtract 70 from that. So that's one egg, boom, and onto the mind pet platter that I feed on. Yes, and love now those. I have 109, 190 calories. I'm going to divide that by 133 because that is the amount of calories in an ounce of our food. And now I feed up 1.42 ounces of food. So all that, all that, all that's to say, once you get used to doing that, you can add an egg whenever you want. You just reduce the amount of anything else you're doing, and maybe you don't add an egg the next day. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. It just really depends on how you want to do it. Absolutely, and I think that. That's another great way when we talk about budgets, because I always want to be mindful of people's budgets when they're talking about like, well, I want to do the X, Y, and Z, but like, I only have so much to spend. But I mean, that, what a great example of how to stretch your dollars when you're using like a nice base like Green Juju, but you maybe need to stretch it a little bit farther. And again, eggs are really not that, I mean, they have gone up, yes, obviously over the last what year or so, but really in retrospect, they really aren't expensive for like a carton compared to like other things that, you know, maybe would only last you a few days at that price point or maybe a day. So I think that's another great way for people to add into the diet without feeling overwhelmed or like you're buying all these things. Um, and you can, you can share, I mean, it's something less you're like vegan or you just don't like eggs, right? It's, it's something that you can share with your pet and have in the household too for the family. So I think that that's um, a great way to look at it as well. Yeah. And actually it's kind of funny because the expensive eggs, I don't think went up in price I feel like yeah. they were already, I don't think I saw a price difference. And like the one that's nationally available that I like is vital farms. And I, yeah. I don't really think they went up because they were already like more than people, but that's just a false sense of reality because 
if you're paying a dollar something for 12 eggs, that isn't the cost of something that's healthy. It's the Absolutely. cost of a chicken that's been confined, doesn't get to see sunshine and lives in a cage and only eats, you know, yes. pesticide laden GMO, you know, feed. And so it's one of those things where it's, it's kind of like pet food when people first see the price of say a really good kibble versus the kibble they're feeding. They're like, well, that's way too expensive. Yeah. But the price they're starting at isn't the actual price of something that will keep their dog or cat healthy. And so yeah. that's, that's probably the hard part for you guys at the store is like, how do you shift someone's paradigm to say like, no, no, you've actually just been wrong for yeah. the, you know, your <laughs> entire life about what yeah. can, and that's really the hallmark of, of, you know, I think of learning is can you relearn all these paradigms that you, you know, either grown up in or can you, or in the industry or, you know, it was kind of like in my journey uh, with HPP, for example, like I was a, I yes. was a big proponent of not doing HPP. And then I did an extensive amount of research on how HPP is done now. Talked to mm -hmm. PhDs. It's much different now. Yeah. Time. Yeah. Went to, went to a conference and, and learned more about, freeze drying and HPP, which really opened my mind to a lot of things and reached a different conclusion. And, and, you know, I think it's the hallmark of learning to say, Hey, this thing that I was really passionate about and, and sort of like built my early career on, I was wrong about that. And here's why versus yeah, if somebody were to take a piece of information and basically if you're engaged with someone and there's no piece of evidence that will change their mind, then there's no reason to engage with that person because they're not using an evidence-based, you know, mindset. And so yeah, that's, that is the hard part. And I think we're reaching more and more uh, pet parents. And I really put most of the credit to retail store employees and owners <laughs> like yourself. I mean, honestly, Thank because you, we really just, you know, me and Kelly make the products and we love what we do. And we love that we get to do that, but we don't, I mean, I don't do individual consults anymore. Really. I don't do a lot of that stuff. And so it's, we just get the product out there, but it's you guys who actually have the relationship with the people and the dogs and you know, their health issues and you're helping them through it. And you're going through that side of things. Yeah. And it's, it is, it is really incredible work. And I think it's also why you find people who really make careers of it. Oh yeah it's a, it, you love what you do. And so, um, I, you know, I'm not, I promise I'm not just sucking up to you because you had me on your podcast. But, <laughs> you know, I, I really do, um, think that you guys like on the, the ground, you know, the ground level of actually talking to the people is the most important part of the chain. So thank you for that. No, I thank you for saying that. Um, and I think, again, it is a team. Like, I'm always about teamwork in the store, but like in the industry in general, like when we go to all these trade shows, like we all just came back from Super Zoo. And, you know, a lot of us spend time in like the natural pet food section. Like we like to be there. Like we like to to talk to like-minded people who, again, we all have the same goal in mind for the most part, you know, to do better by the, to the pets. And I think good for you. I, I love what you said about talking about like, for so many years you thought one way and then you're like, Hey, I was wrong. And like, that's okay in this industry. And, and really in any kind of career path to, to admit that like that 
I was wrong. I'm learning new information. Um, I think it's always important, like ongoing education, always learning, always growing. Um, you know, then things change. And I think that's okay. It's not that's why I try not to be so steadfast in certain things. Like there's, you know, some things I'm always going to believe in, and I'm going to strive for. But um, even I've learned <laughs> having the store the last like five years, it's okay to be like, listen, this we thought this way, but we've learned better. Like, let's talk about it. Like, now I'm, on, now I'm over here in this direction. And that's okay to, to stand up. And I think it, you know, it takes a, a big person to, to do that and be like, like, you know, let's all learn together and go in the right direction. Um, but we all have our uphill battles, like the retailers and you guys are doing good work. Um, but I think that we all support each other like this. Like we talk to each other. Um, you know, it's, it's gotta be a team effort. And yeah, I, I do also really appreciate the, you know, bonds I've created with our customers and being able to talk to them like week after week is so special. And then, you know, you start to change their mind or they start to like see the light um, on the other side and understand what we were talking about. Um, so it is, yeah, it's like a very unique relationship and especially in our, our town, um, you know, it's such a close knit community and they love like their local stores. So I, I give a lot of credit to our community too for supporting us because we bought the business at like a year and a half before COVID and we expanded during COVID. So it's, it's been a whirlwind. Um, but I love doing stuff like this. Like this is one of the reasons why I started doing the podcast to go along with everything else that we have, um, in the store because I wanted to be able to, you know, expand upon the things I talk about with them. Cause sometimes it's only like, like five, 10 minutes in the store, right? Cause I'm running around, they're running around and we kind of, you know, maybe go through some ingredients and a food and then we move on. So things like this, I think, um, are very important for, for us to all learn, but then, you know, especially for the customer who's learning about, you know, green juju and all the foods. So, um, I, I appreciate you as well being here and being able to discuss all this stuff because I think it is very important. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's really been my honor for, I was reflecting recently that I've, I've done a, a, at least one trip a month for the last 10 years of my life, which is crazy. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've gotten to meet so many amazing retailers, but I will tell you what I love about your town. I've never been there. What I love <laughs> about your town is I Googled it. I Googled lobster roll. <laughs> That's right. I love, you was, love lobster. <laughs> there was like five or six places in your, that had lobster rolls. So I'm a big fan of your city and I've never been there because that <laughs> is maybe my favorite food on the planet. And so that was pretty awesome. Um, and then you also had me at, I, it's on an island, right? We are an island, yes. Yep. Yeah, so you had me at island as well. Yes. So. <laughs> we have plenty of water and we have plenty of lobster. Don't don't worry. There's plenty to go around. So you can get all, all your lobster fill in Newport for sure. That is wonderful. <laughs> and actually, so now I, I would love to dive more into Green Juju. Obviously, um, you work for them now. And I would love to talk more about the freeze dry because we started carrying it. It's doing really well. I feed like pretty much all of our staff members are using it and feeding it. I know my mom, um, we switched her over to that with her. She has a smaller, like little mutt, like seven pound senior dog. So she's doing really well on it. So I'd love to talk about the formulation and how it came to be because I know you're so passionate about it. And we love the food too. Yeah, it's funny when you said seven pound dog, I was like, oh, that sounds perfect for a freeze dried diet. Yeah. Because <laughs> we, we all know the, you know, you can have limitations on the freeze dried side of just because it is more expensive because yes. of the processing aspect of it, you know, so you do have, you know, I typically say that if you're feeding an entirely freeze dried diet, and you don't want to spend an insane amount of money, usually it taps out about 30 pounds. 
Yeah. Some people do do more than that, but, you know, using it as a topper is also a good thing. I will mention, you know, we are coming out with frozen in the spring and yeah, so that will be very exciting. Um, and it will be the same formula. So um, it will be a lot more economical for those big dogs and, and for people who prefer to have that, you know, innate moisture content um, in there. But so the freeze dried, we came out with in March and we're about to come out with two more in October, which is the goat and the lamb, which I'm yeah. very excited about. So we have uh, bison, pork, rabbit with duck liver and um, beef. beef. Wow. <laughs> wow. Figure that out. Um, so yeah, we never do anything because we think we should do it to grow the company. Um, a lot of the pet food industry operates on like, what's the next big idea to copy? Yeah, um, absolutely. Hey, we're, people are doing free dried, So we need to do our free dried because we need a part of that business or people are doing X or, you know, a good example of that would be, you know, Bam's Beats and Lewis Fermented Golden Paste. Those aren't products that don't exist. There's nothing like that on the market. Um, and those are ways that we could kind of like increase people's consciousness of what they consider nutrition to be. And even though freeze-dried food is a very familiar concept, we waited until we had a good idea to be able to do it. And it was a nice way to kind of dip our toe into the food water waters. You know, no, I don't know of any other company that started with whole food supplements or supplements and then move to food. It's usually they start with food and then move into it's others. True. So we're kind of going in, you know, a reverse direction, but we wanted to do something that was the core value of green juju, which is in the beginning was to help sensitive animals um, to be their healthiest. And so we know we wanted to do an extremely limited ingredient diet. And we knew that we figured out in order to get there, it was actually interesting because it's complete imbalance for dogs and, and cats. And yes, which I also um, love. I I'm, a, I'm a two household. I have a dog and a cat. So I love that. Oh, there you go. And I yeah. don't know if you know the two crazy cat ladies, but we were yes. talking about, we were talking about it and they were like, all of these other companies tell me it's a hard thing. And I was like, well, actually the funny thing is you have to formulate it sort of for cats and then it works for dogs as well. Yeah. So it, it's kind of how, how you have to kind of look at that. But we figured out, if you use um, higher amounts of, if you A, replace the um, muscle meat with heart, which is much more nutrient, it's a much better just for your animal's heart yeah. in general, like feeding like and all of those nutrients, but you know, double the amount of collagen, just, just more nutrient dense. It, we figured out if you took uh, heart, if you took all or mostly heart instead of muscle meat, and then you did a, a significant amount more of liver and kidney, you could meet basically like 99% of that nutrient requirement, uh, the AFCO complete and balance, which, you know, we mm. kind of talked about it. Yeah. BS anyway. Yes, yes, yes. We do want to do our due diligence to make sure this is as complete as possible. So in order to meet that, we could meet like 99% of those vitamins. And we figured out all we had to do was do a dark leafy green or vegetation that meets that's high in vitamin K1 and a couple other things and kelp for iodine and obviously both of those things add fiber and um you know it was a really great day for me because you know i did the formula this is uh last last fall actually around this time did the formula and then i submitted it to a, basically how we check these things is i submitted to my friend who's a vet who has formulation software and, and double oh, nice. it and so she double checked it and she, yeah, exactly. Um, and so she double checked it and she said, Oh, well, you'd be low in this and this. And I was like, great. Um, I knew I was going to get really close, but 
it was even closer than I thought. So that was really cool. And so we, um, uh, yeah, so when we put that out, now each one of those is three ingredients from an allergy perspective, except for obviously the duck and, and rabbit is four. And we also formulated that with our other products in mind. So they're complete balance in and of themselves, but we recommend animals obviously get a bunch of different food things in their diet. So yeah. we not only recommend using our blends with that or bone broth, you know, bone broth and goat's milk are a really great animal base to rehydrate food because it replaces the, you know, the, the moisture it adds back in are from bones and, and or from say the animal and milk is very similar to blood in terms of its nutrient profile. So it's a, it's just a great way to do that. And we also encourage, you know, when, when me and my wife are making dinner, we'll cut things and give them to Huckleberry all the time. Yes. Love that. Part of nutrition. Or when, uh, Maple, my daughter is in her, well, now she's moved to her own like big chair at the small table. Please. Ooh. So, yeah. yeah. She's getting, she's two. So she's, you know, getting pretty big now, but yeah. when she was in her high chair, you know, she would throw food down to him and that was part of his nutrition as well. So, yeah. um, I think variety is key, but we wanted to get a nutrient dense, complete base that people could go on to if they have to do something that limited, or mm -hmm. if they want to start with something that limited and then start to play around with that. Yeah, no, I, again, I, I like that you're talking about that, like, cause it's like a whole family endeavor, right? Like you include your dog and your, obviously your daughter, that's so great. And she's learning from a young age too, I think too, right? About nutrition, about whole foods and about letting the dog eat like certain things. Um, and she's part of like the story, which is really nice. And I, I laugh because the, with my dog he i do that with him the cat likes certain things he definitely you know is very food motivated himself but he's more a little more particular but my dog will come like running from another room when he hears me like cutting broccoli because that's like how we've implemented it, like our cooking when, when i cook with him and stuff like that so that's it's gotten to that point where i do it and it's such a habit now where he's like yep that's it's time for me to get some you know some scraps from the the table and i you know, he I'm like here, have as much as you want. Like, this is great. And he like, he loves kale. And he hear, like I said, he hears like the stocks being cut. So I always tell people too, like, don't be afraid. Like, it's one thing people are like, Oh, I don't want them to have like table food. But I'm like, it's different. Like if you're eating like a processed thing or like craft ma macaroni and cheese, but if you're cutting up like fresh vegetables, um, mm -hmm. fruits, like, yeah, share that with your pet. Like, obviously, like, <laughs> have some kind of rhythm like, with yeah. it. But that, I think that's or whatever. Yeah, like, you know, um, what a great way to accompany things into their diet. Um, especially when you have, if you have an excess, you know, in your house or if something I'm like, I don't want to eat that. Well, I'm like, here you go. The dog can have it. You know, obviously aside from like allergens or whatever, um, I'm always trying to get people to, if they don't want to like purchase a bunch of stuff in the store, I'm like, listen, my goal, yes, obviously we're business. We need to function. We need to keep the lights on. We need mm -hmm. to, we want business to come in, but I also want, these, these pets, these dogs, these cats, I want them to eat well. And I'm like, you have that, you don't, you don't like carrots one day or you buy them and you're like, not into like, give them, get them to the pet. So I think it's yeah. a, a great point that you brought up. And uh, obviously all these things pair well, um, with fresh diets, even in, and even the processed ones, if that's what you can afford for your pet at, again, going back to what we said, like add it into the bowl, like do what you can. Exactly. And, and that's what green juju has been doing since Kelly founded the company. And like I, I sort of said at the beginning, it's, really been an honor for me to be able to, you know, contribute what I can bring to her vision. And, and she's, you know, she did so much innovating before me. Yeah. Um, just in that industry that, you know, it was me that sought her out to work for her. So I was gonna was say, how me. did you guys find each other? Yeah, you went to her? 
Well, it's a little known fact. I was actually, um, when she brought her first, um, in 2014, she brought a sample of her product to a store in Seattle uh, that her friend owned, and it was an employee there. And the employee put it in the freezer so the owner could get it. And she left, and about an hour later, I walked in, and they accidentally sold it to me. So I was actually oh, that's funny commercial green juju customer of all time, uh, many, wow. many years ago. And now I'm vice president of the company. So that'll I don't know if I believe in wow. faith, but that that has to be something. So, Heck yeah, full circle, if um, nothing else, right? I mean, that's yeah, cool. So, so we knew each other, and I always respected what she did. And and when I left my last job, I knew I wanted to to work for her. So I had a meeting with her and I said, I'd really like it if you would like to have me. And she yeah. did. So that was really, really lucky for me. And it's been, I've been, we've been working together for two and a half years. A couple of years. Yeah. An incredible experience. And, you know, I, I love, I never, I never envisioned myself. I was very close with uh, to my two last mentors, uh, yeah. Jacqueline and, and mm-hmm. Roxanne. Um, and we, I think we did a lot of great things, but I never envisioned liking a job more, but I do. I, yeah. I just really love where I'm at now and, and what this, you know, is to me. So No, it's nice to hear you say that too, because I think a lot of us pet, pet aside, you know, don't, you're not always passionate about what you do. So it's, again, that's why I always get so fueled after conversations like this, or that's why I like to like network and go to the shows and talk to people like this. Cause I didn't envision myself in the pet world like i have an art degree like it's i'm so like so far away from where but i actually originally when i was a child i wanted to be a vet and i was like that's too much schooling too much science like for me so it is actually full circle for me to be back in this world and to have so much passion for it and to be able to like i said be around so many other passionate people it's nice um so i love that you you said that about uh, obviously green juju and about the industry that's exactly right. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Just, I'm just always happy to be here. And how can I help? Yeah. Well, what was the first, um, what was the item that she brought in the fridge that you got in Washington? What just, was it? Just greens. Okay. Yep. That was the first product. So that was that the was first one she made. Yep. Yep. And uh, I, I still remember that. And I still remember having it in the car afterwards. So. That's funny. I love that. That's, I did not, I did not know that. So what a, what a fun fact. Exactly. Now, what is what is your favorite product now? Like, I know you just did the freeze dry. Is it the freeze dried now that you guys formulated it and it's it's out? Uh, is- yeah, probably. Although it's funny because, yes, I love that product, but also for my own dog specifically, in order to manage his allergies, I have found he's he sailed. This is second summer fall, you know, allergy time, and he sailed through it this year. And I really think the biggest factor of that was the vegetable blends. Yes, um, I do. I'm doing double the amount that I would normally do. And not only does it is it the one thing that keeps him like regular where I want him to be digestively, but also he had pretty much zero allergies this year. And I think my theory is it's kind of like exposure therapy, yeah. you know, to, be, to do to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I love the greens. But yeah, I mean, I would say the idea, the the fact that we were able to bring out a food like that and make it something that is so unique. And so like, in my opinion, like nerdy science, but also so accessible. Um, And shout out to to Kelly for always doing such a great job on the packaging because um, making Oh, it's so great. I was gonna bring that up. Yeah, I mean, if you saw marketing brain loves it. It's like, Getting to make cool products is awesome, but having it be in packaging that's the best yeah. packaging in my opinion. And I say that having nothing to do with it. Like 
I look at it and go, yeah, that looks great. But it's as all Kelly, but you know, I think it is handsome. Oh, it's sharp. No, I, so I have a little bit of a marketing. I have the art degree and then I have a marketing background before I got into this world. Um, so I do the marketing for the store. So I appreciate stuff like that. Like you can have a great food, but if it's like, you know, not packaged well or like marketed well, you know, it's, you know, it could fall by the wayside. So, um, I love, love the rebrand you guys just did recently. And I love the colors. Um, I love a color block. I'm a sucker for like a color block. So I love, um, what, what she's doing. Yeah, definitely. She's doing a great job and she knows what she's doing. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, yeah. 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 No problem. So, but yeah, this has been great. I feel like we talked about a lot of important things. Obviously we could go on forever. Um, but your time is valuable. So I always like to end with a fun question, um, that I've asked everyone at the end. So Billy, what is your spirit animal? You can't say dog or cat, but what do you think is an animal that like embodies you and your spirit? That is a. You can morph. You can morph animals together. Yeah, that is that is. Uh, I think um, the first thing that came to this is going to be completely random, but the first Go. thing that came to mind was there. There was this meme that was like, it was like me. And the, it was like a, the writing on it, it was a video. I don't know if I mean, I'm, I just turned 40. So you know, you'll, have to, you'll have to like bear with me here. Maybe you just call that a reel, but. I don't know. Was, yeah. I'm not good at that stuff either. <laughs> it, it was basically the wording said, you know, like me on my way to annoy my wife. And it was this deer trying to jumping across. Yeah. 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 That might be, that's me in a nutshell in my personal life because I, she puts up with me. So I feel like maybe that's my spirit animal. Okay. And you're like, is you're sort of, you live like in a rural area in Pennsylvania or? Yeah, I live in Lancaster. Okay. Well, there you yeah. go. So that, that works out well. I think that, that makes a lot of sense. That works. Yeah. yeah. So I, either that or I could go with, I'm like, what do the Amish love in terms of animals? <laughs> like, yeah. A horse and buggy. Horse. Maybe, there you go. Yeah. Something with four legs that's like galloping. Yeah, exactly. Well, cool. Well, thank you so much. This is a lot of fun. Um, always great talking with you. And actually, we'll see you in uh, Newport soon. You'll be able to get your lobster fill. And we can't wait for you to come and show you the store and you can meet our customers. Um, yeah, me and Jeff, the, our sales guy, are super excited about coming. Yes, out. yes. We'll welcome you with thank open you. arms. Thank you, Billy. Thank you so much. And we'll see you soon. Sounds good. You have a good rest of the day. Thank you. Thank you again for listening to the WAG Station podcast. We're honored you joined us and hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Please take a moment to leave a review in your podcast app. Also, if you're local to the Rhode Island area, be sure to check out our sister store, WAG Nation, where we specialize in dog and cat natural foods, holistic nutrition, high quality products, and dog grooming services. The shop is located on Bellevue Avenue in Newport, Rhode Island. You can find more info at wag-nation.com. The info you heard here today is for educational and informational purposes only. Be sure to consult your veterinarian for professional guidance if needed. You guys rock. Catch you next time.